Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and um, welcome to another episode of The Sound Heart. I want to, first of all, give God thanks for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one and only Savior. He is not one among many. He is the only one. And Jesus himself stated that, and in contradistinction to all others, I alone am the way, truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except through me. Jesus did not shrink from using that language. Jesus did not hesitate to use that language. And Jesus, <coughs> by using the language of, of divine exclusivity, showed the world who he is. And he verily is the light of this age. He is the light of the cosmos. Period. He is the Foss. He is the only one who provides us the knowledge of God. Now, in the Word of God, and that is the New Testament. Uh, there is a, a technical word for this knowledge of God. There is, of course, uh, a word that's used for general knowledge, gnosis. And then there is the knowledge of God, which Jesus has brought to us. It is epignosis, epignosis. And so this knowledge is only for the saints of God. That is those who are filled with the Spirit, those who are walking according to Spirit, and the Spirit enlightens their heart. So as these believers take in the phenomena or the, the phenomena of the teaching of the Word, uh, it is uh, through faith that they believe the Word that they receive. And this Word that they receive becomes usable. It becomes stored in their hearts as epinosis. It is usable doctrine. Is not mere intellectual understanding. That's gnosis. One can have a great deal of gnosis, but a very small amount of epinosis. And the reason why I want to stress this tonight is because the title of this show is The Paradox of Faith. 
the reality of circumstances versus the power of Yahweh. And we see both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, people of God experience extraordinary situations. And their experiences uh, of these extraordinary situations were brought into their lives through the instrumentality of God. And God used their historical setting. God used their culture. God used their background. God used their present situation in, uh, in order to instruct them as to his will for their lives. Now, so the paradox of faith, uh, I, w- I use that title because I, I, there's something very important that I wish to point out. Uh, and it's, there's, there's, no, there's not really a contrast that I want to make, but, but how faith uh, shows itself uh, through uh, dependence upon God. Now, in the Bible, faith is not believing in spite of the evidence. It is obeying in spite of the consequences. The proof of faith is obedience. Faith is not afraid of what others may say or do. Please, Hebrews 11. So, uh, I'm going to be reading from Genesis 18, but I, I want to read a verse before we go there. I want to read a verse from, from Genesis 11. Before we start our study, stand, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we do give you thanks for this opportunity to study your word. We ask to be guided by the Spirit of God, Lord. We do thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Excuse me, in Genesis 11, uh, beginning at verse 27, we read, this is the account of Terah. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran became the father of Lot. While his, while his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldees, in the land of his birth. Abram and Nahor both married, the name of Abram's wife was Sarai. The name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. She was the daughter of Haran, father of both Milcah and Iscah. Now Sarah was barren. She had no children. And so we have this, this statement about Abram's wife uh, pointed out to us in verse 30. Now Sarai was barren. She had no children, and this is after the semicolon. We go on. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, a son of Haran, and daughter-in-law Sarai, his wife, the wife of uh, his son Abram, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldees to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived. Uh, we have 205 years, and he died in Haran. <clears throat> now, notice what we learn about Terah. He started out 
to go uh, to Canaan, but he settled in Haran. So I want you to see uh, his walk, his life. Uh, This man started out, but he did not finish. And the Bible has many such stories of individuals who start out, but they don't have the spiritual wherewithal to complete what they start out to do. So this is Tara's testimony. And then uh, in verse 32, his, his narrative ends. And in, in 12.1, we have the call of Abram. Uh, uh, 12.1. So the Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land, I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth <coughs> excuse me, will be blessed through you. Now, we have this extraordinary statement in verse 4. So Abram left as the Lord had told him. Now, we, we, this is Abram's heart. Uh, and notice the information that God provided for him. God told him what he would do. And God said, to leave, and so uh, by faith, in verse 4, Abram left. Notice, he did not question God. He left, we read, uh, and Moses writes, as the Lord had told him. So, here is faith in action. Abraham, or Abram didn't say to God, I want to think about this. Or I'm going to pray about this, or I'm going to ruminate on this until the window closes. Too often, when God opens a window for us, we ruminate, we hesitate, and we become lackadaisical uh, until the window closes. And then we say, well, it wasn't of God after all. So Abram did what? Abram left, took action. And so we see his character. We see uh, an, an important aspect of his uh, attitude toward God, as the Lord had told him. So we see that God spoke to him. And not only did Abram leave, but Lot went with him. Whom did God call? Look in verse 1. God, the Lord, said to Abram, leave your country. Your people and your father's household. God had given him specific directions. <clears throat> but look who went with him. Lot went with him. <clears throat> and Abraham, Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. So, see, 
in Abram's life the ability to begin and to complete. To begin, uh, and by faith, he did what? He followed the Lord. Where did God want him to go? Well, we see. He, they set out for the land of Canaan. They arrived there. And so uh, this is why God shows this man. God knew his heart. So in Genesis 11, 30, we read, quote, Now Sarai was barren. She had no children. And uh, in uh, Genesis 19, 24, we read, <clears throat> Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised. And his son Ishmael was 13. Abraham and his son. Now you see his name has changed from Abram to Abraham. And Abraham and his son Ishmael were both circumcised on the same day. And every male in Abraham's household, including those born in his household or bought from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. So this was a covenant uh, uh, sign. And so uh, that Abraham was following. This was not only customary for the Hebrews, but many cultures. Many ancient cultures <laughs> used circumcision uh, as a ritual rite, as a form of dedication, or, or as part of a covenant or agreement. So he is following a social custom of his time. Now, in chapter 18, uh, we have uh, verse 1 reads, the Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. This was an oriental bow. He said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. So he is showing them uh, courtesy, and that this was a custom during his time. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way now that you have come to your servant. And notice. Uh, the the relationship and how the understanding uh, that Abraham has toward these three men as to who they are. He knows their identity. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three sayas of fine flour and knead it and bake some bread. Or matzah in the Hebrew. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf uh, that had been prepared and set it before them. While they ate, he stood near under a tree. And uh, there's a lot of symbolism that I won't have time to go into tonight. Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then the Lord said, listen, now we have, uh, now we have this language. Then the Lord said. Said, I will surely 
surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Now notice in chapter 17, verse 24, Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised. Verse 11 in chapter 18, Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years. And Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Now, in the Hebrew, this word hard is, is, is the word wonderful. And uh, I always love, love the this language. So the Lord said to Abraham, is anything too wonderful for the Lord? And you can read this word again in Isaiah 9, 6. It is one of the names of, of Yeshua HaMashiach. His, uh, his name is wonderful. So uh, I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. I will return to you. I will return to you at the appointed time next year. Now, verse 15. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. So, Sarah is thinking about the Reality of circumstances. She knows her situation. She knows that she is past the age of child. She knows that her husband is what? He too is old. And she says this. After I am worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? So the Lord continues speaking to Abraham. Now, in Genesis 3, when the enemy comes in, he speaks directly to Eve. When the Lord comes in to a man's home, the Lord speaks to whom? Directly to the man. does not bypass the authority of Abraham in his household. The enemy always bypasses the authority of the husband, of the man in his household. So you see uh, the great lesson here. So here is the reality of circumstances. And it is difficult at times to think beyond the reality of our circumstances, as we see here. Now notice in verse 12 we read, 
So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am old, after I am old. So this is her viewpoint. This is her attitude. And what God has done uh, is to expose her thinking. So he exposes her thinking. And uh, so now Sarah's laughter (coughs) was both cynical and full of doubt. So we see where her heart is with regard to the word of God. But the Lord says, is there anything too wonderful for the Lord? Now, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know uh, the reality of your circumstances. I don't know what you may be feeling or thinking about what is going on with you right now. And if you have a close relationship to the Lord and you are walking with him and God has spoken to you and said, I'm going to do this situation or bring about this situation in your life. I'm going to bless you in a certain way. Um, And you look at the reality of your situation You say, how is this possible? And here is where it is important to allow the word of God to have primacy in our hearts over what we think. Here is a wonderful verse. Is anything, uh, Genesis 18, 14, is anything too wonderful for the Lord? Now, in chapter 12, God said to Abram, leave. And then God says, I will, and God makes these great promises to him that God meant to fulfill. God meant his promises to come to pass. And now, uh, at this particular time, at a particular season, In Abram's life, God waited. In chapter 17, verse 24, we read what? Abraham was 99 years old, and he was circumcised. The language is interesting. What did God do to help bring about the blessings that God promised him? Well, Abraham's wife said that you can have my slave, and you can make, uh, we can have a son through her. <clears throat> and the law of Abraham's day recognized the son of a concubine, the son of a slave, as verily his. And so legally, everything that Abraham had accumulated would pass to whom? To Ishmael. But then God said that, no, he is not my chosen one. He is not the one whom I have chosen. And so you see what uh, what resulted and what happened in Abraham's home, the, uh, the division it created when 
Abraham and Sarah tempted to help God with his plan. God never asked them to help with his plan. And so this uh, terrible situation came about in, uh, for Abraham where he had to uh, listen to God and Ishmael was cast out, he and his mother. Uh, Sarah said that this woman was goading her, and there's no way that uh, Abraham was going to not listen to his wife because this situation had become so oppressive and so horrific in his home. So, but the Lord blessed uh, Hagar, and the Lord blessed Ishmael, and God had other blessings for them. And God took care of them. But then, laughter. And so, prophet God would uh, complete what he said that he would do. So, here is the paradox of faith in the life of Sarah, the, the wife of Abraham. The reality of her circumstances uh, versus the power of Yahweh. So whom are we to believe? Are we to believe God or are we to focus on, on our circumstances? So God has said wonderful things to us as believers, and he's made us seeding great and precious promises. So this is what God said, and, and now I'm reading from uh, Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3, and I'm going to be begin at verse 14. Quote, this is Paul. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Listen, why is praying? Why does, uh, why does he want this for the saints? Because when we are spiritually powerful, uh, that is, to be powerful in ability, then we believe God. And when we hear the word, is there uh, anything too wonderful for the Lord? When we are strengthened, what? Look at verse 16. When we are strengthened by with might or power by his spirit in the inner man, Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye be rooted and grounded in love. See, when I live close to the Lord and as I grow close to him, my love for him grows deeper. And when he tells me he's going to do something for me, I know that his words to me are words of love. Why? Because I am rooted. And when, I root it, when I'm rooted, I become stable. And when I am grounded, uh, the, uh, the, 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 that is the superstructure 
of being, so rooted and grounded in love, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend, verse 18, and literally it is, may be able to seize, that is to take with all the things, what is the breadth, length, depth, and height. <clears throat> and to know the love of Christ. The devil does not love you. The devil does not love me. The devil is the, it is, he is the liar. And the man of sin, uh, the, the son of perdition, is the consummate liar. God's promises to us are rooted in what? And rooted in love and our relationship with him. May be able to comprehend with all the things with the breadth, length, and depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. I love the Greek here. The passive, the verb here means to throw beyond, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Listen to that language. Now unto him powerful that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Look, when God has something for us, and now remember in, uh, in Ephesians 1, Paul talks about our blessing. <clears throat> this is Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us in all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. We have how many blessings? We have all spiritual blessings. All spiritual blessings. Ephesians is about our position in Christ. Our, the letter, Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus is, is about who we are and what we've been given. Uh, we are the new man. Uh, the old things have passed away before. All things are become new. And so God has made us what? God has made us powerful in ability and because of who we are in Christ. What old beliefs about yourself are you carrying today? Why? And why are you carrying old beliefs? about yourself <clears throat> when you have been made to be powerful in ability in Christ. Do you know that uh, the thoughts of the flesh are a form of bondage? The thoughts of the flesh are bondage. And they are in contrast to the thoughts of the spirit. We walk in the spirit. We dwell in the spirit. And the spirit of God is leading us. Then we do what? We believe. And our belief is powerful because we have been given by God the ability to believe his word. And so we grow in his word. 
and we become ever more fruitful. And the Bible says what? Natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God because they are foolishness of him. He said, Paul wrote that they cannot even know them because they are what? Spiritually discerned. The flesh one cannot know you, cannot understand your walk, your talk, your actions because they are what? They're, they're the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit, of, the fruit of the Spirit and what God does through you and through us, they are moronic, they're moriah to the, uh, the thinking of the flesh, the flesh one, the sarkinoid. They do not understand us, that we walk by faith. And here's what they believe in. Uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. They believe only what they see or what they have been made to see or what they have been manipulated to see and believe, or what they have been brainwashed to see and believe. They use this word called objectivity. And that word, as far as it's used in the cosmic system, is mythos. Because these people use that word as a placeholder for what? But what they do, all the, the manipulation, all the gaslighting, all the subterfuge, all the lying that they do. Whereas the believer's heart is filled with logos. That is the what? The word of truth. So we have in opposition logos as opposed to mythos. Those who are in the flesh walk according to what? What they see or what they've been given to perceive. Uh, and also remember, according to Romans 1, these individuals have what is called a reprobate mind. A reprobate mind. Look, this mind <coughs> happens, it is a mind of judgment. That God has, it is a sentence from God. Uh, given unto those who reject the knowledge of him. And so because <clears throat> these individuals reject God, God gives them what? God gives them a rejected mind. If you read uh, Romans 1, you're going to read, this is a synopsis of forensic anthropology. And uh, so the dianoia, that is the mind, the understanding uh, is is destroyed by God. And so uh, these people receive darkness. They receive spiritual and moral darkness. They receive a corrupt mentality. And they receive from God what is called a resultless, a resultless noose or mind. And so which results in the activity of ruin. It goes on and on and on. Uh, what we have in Romans 1 is, is, is a brutal synopsis of what happens, uh, what has happened to the minds of these people. They are no longer uh, skilled thinkers and debaters. 
They can't anymore because in Romans 1.22, we read, quote, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, that is, insipid or silly or the word here also means devolution, uh, devolution. Their minds uh, became languid, empty. Their reasonings uh, were the reasonings of darkness. Uh, so they received collective judgment from God. I could go on and on and on. If I, had, if I had several whiteboards to write the resulting judgments upon, uh, upon these boards, I would run out of space because of the depth of, of what these people have incurred. Uh, Paul also, in Romans one twenty seven says that their minds have become deformed. Their minds are deformed through their actions. And they receive within their person uh, the obligation of what they have done uh, in the past is still coming down upon themselves. It goes on and on and on. Their malignancy never ends. Their malignancy uh, and their darkness and their, their insipid silliness and darkness keeps coming down upon them until what? Uh, it culminates uh, in, in a horrible type of, of being. So uh, Paul makes this very, uh, very clear. And listen to what God says about these unsaved people. So can these people uh, have a view of God? that is not filled with corruption? No, they're not. They can't. <clears throat> these, these people wrestle with the paradox of faith? No, they cannot. Because they're dead in trespasses and sin. In Romans, uh, in Ephesians 2, when Paul talks about uh, this, he, t- and he is speaking about believers now in their past. Ephesians 2, 1, quote, And you have he quickened or made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin. In the Greek, the word trespasses and the word sin are in both are in what we call the locative case. And so uh, there's a lot in these verses, and I, I'm not going to unpack tonight, but I will uh, locative of sphere, location. They were dead. This was their location. They were dead in trespasses and sins. And so uh, it is, uh, the word trespasses here means uh, intentional sin. And it means serious guilt. (laughs) So uh, these people, one cannot have a discussion with these of people who live, who are still there, you cannot have a discussion with them about uh, the paradox of faith and the reality of circumstances versus the power of God. This is the kind of discussion can only be held with believers who are growing in faith and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Only then can we have this type of discussion and understanding. So, 
I want you to know uh, as a believer or and uh, as believers that if God has brought you to a situation, uh, he has not brought you to not to lead you through it. Just think about when the people of God stood before uh, the 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 Jordan, and it was at flood stage, and the enemies on the other side believe, well, we don't have to worry about the Israelites. There's no way uh, they're going to come now because the river is at flood stage, and they can't come to us. The people on the other side, the enemies of the people of God, looked at the circumstances. They looked at the reality of the circumstances. They only believed the reality of the circumstances. Do you see their decided disadvantage? Do you see that their faith was in a phenomenon that had happened time and again? And there's no way that Yahweh had the power uh, to overthrow what they believe. Now listen, listen very carefully. These people had heard that Yahweh destroyed Egypt. They had heard that God divided the Red Sea. And his people passed through on dry ground. They had heard this. They knew this. And so, but... They weren't there to see. Now look at their situation. The river is a flood stage. We don't have to worry about the Hebrews coming. God waiting for the fulfillment of time. And God waited until the time of the Amorites would be fulfilled. Everything that God does is time. Their time was up. When they made that statement, that observation about their circumstances, their time was up. Their time was over. Now, everything that Yahweh had put in place, all the patience that he had, all the time he had given them to repent, did they use that time wisely? No, they did not repent. They said, I have to worry now. The river is at flood stage. What did God do? His priests got the Ark of the Covenant. They carried the Ark of the Covenant on poles. And as the priests went down to the water, their feet touched the water. The waters drew back. And the Bible says all the way back to the city of Adam. And God's people went across in mass into the promised land. People were in shock. Jericho was in shock. And we read in the Bible that the Jericho was shut up tight, thinking that now that they've crossed over, there's no, uh, we will lock up, uh, our city up tight. They can't get through. Again, looking at the circumstances, figuring that this can't happen. What did God do? 
God overthrew their city. The walls weren't bashed in with bearing rams or siege rams. God's word caused the walls to fall down flat. Kathleen Kenyon, the the scientist, went over there and she found the walls of Jericho. And in her research and in her and in her paper she wrote it, that the walls fell down flat. By faith, the people of God followed God. If God is for us, who can be against us? Good evening. My name is Dr. Josiah Rich. God bless you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.